Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. continuing with our theme this morning on enlarging our capacity of reception with the foundational scriptures from the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, verses 1 through 3. Isaiah, chapter 54, verses 1 through 3, and we're going to read from the Amplified Translation. Let's look at those verses again. We believe that this is the word of the Lord to us. We believe that it's a now word for our spiritual family. And we have been studying these verses of Scripture for at least four weeks now. We are on part four. You know, the more we look at it, the more we study it, the more we hear it, the more revelation we receive from it. Amen? Mark's gospel tells us, Jesus said, that the measure of thought and study we give to the truth we hear will be the measure of revelation, will be the measure of truth and virtue that will come back to us. In other words, what you put in, that's exactly what you're going to get out. So let's look at those verses again. Oh, sing, sing, O barren one, you who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who did not travail with child. For the spiritual children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. These are prophetic words given to the church of our Lord Jesus Christ in Isaiah 54. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Spare not, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread abroad to the right hand and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. The kingdom of God has never known anything but only increase and growth. Since the day of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, the message of faith, the message of the gospel has been spreading throughout the nations. And we need to have a broader picture of the church, of the universal church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God has never known anything but increase. Amen? We have been growing and expanding even to a degree that we have never known before. Don't judge it by what you see here or what you see around you. God's church is far greater and far bigger and larger, and our influence in Christ Jesus is far more than you and I have realized. And so, these are prophetic words that are given to the church, to you and I. 
And as we have pondered on these verses of Scripture, we receive an encouragement from the Lord, but also a challenge. And the challenge is to make more room available for God and His blessing in our lives. And that's what this series of teachings are all about. Making more room, making, making space or creating room for God's blessing to increase in our lives and increase in every sphere of life, in your relationships, in your personal walk with God, in your marriage, in your children, in your finances. God is speaking about things which are to come that we must prepare for. Amen? Our part is to prepare room for God, and God's part is to fill that room we made ready for Him. Amen? We can only receive what we make room for. Of course, this involves preparation. We need to prepare. And preparation involves work. Amen? If we do our part, God will certainly do His part. Amen? Amen? So, our part is to believe God's Word, speaking to us at this time, and going into action, making the necessary preparation. Remember that believing is not passive. When you believe God's Word, you go into action. Because faith without corresponding action, James says, is dead. You can't say you have faith and you have no works. Amen? Because if you have no works, then your faith is dead. Just like the body without your spirit is dead, even so faith without corresponding action is dead. So when you believe a promise from God, then the most natural thing for us to do is to do what? Go into action. Amen? God says, I'm going to bless you beyond what you have known. I'm going to take you places. I'm going to show you new things. And I am going to extend your territory of influence. That's what God is saying. Would you agree with that? Now, if God is saying that to us, we need to ask ourselves some serious questions in order to make the necessary preparations. Now, if we don't ask ourselves those questions, we will not know how to prepare. Well, what do I mean by that? Let me give you a practical example and make it very simple for you to understand where I'm coming from. You know that I often travel for the sake of the gospel. Is that right? You often not see me here because I'm away ministering where the Lord has, has uh, commanded me to go. Now, before I get to my destination from Cape Town to the place where I want to go, I need to make certain preparations. Is that right? You can't just rock up at the airport and expect to go somewhere if you don't know where you're going. Am I right? Now, these are the questions I need to ask myself. 
I need to know where I want to go. How long do I need to stay there? What is expected of me when I reach that place or that city? And knowing all that, I have to go into action when I know these things. I need to know where I'm going, how long am I going to stay in each city, and what is required of me when I reach there. Amen? That takes a bit of thinking and planning. That's called preparation. Hello? Once I know these things, the next thing in my preparation is I engage my travel agent. She's very efficient, by the way. If you need a travel agent, I highly recommend her. And she needs all the routes and the cheapest way to get there and all of that. So I need to engage my travel agent. I need to tell her exactly where I want to go and how long I want to stay in every city. I also need to come up with the money to pay for the tickets. Am I right? And I also need to show up at the airport at the right time. All of that is called what? Planning and preparation. Now, if I get on time at the airport and take my allocated seat, I do not have to flap my wings. I do not have to understand how that thing, 777-300, stays in the air. And I don't need to know how to fly to get to my destination. The airline does that. I just sit back and I have a good time. <laughs> Are you getting me? But before I can sit into my seat and the airlines takes me from point A to point B, I needed to make some planning and I needed to make some preparations. Are you with me? Now, the same thing, the same principles applies to the promises of God. And that's where many of us fail. Hello? Now, God promised us many things. And in the light of those promises, we need to be asking ourselves, both on a personal level and also on a corporate level as a spiritual family, what do we need to ask? If we're going to make the right kind of preparations, we need to ask the right questions. Amen? What kind of blessing... Of the many blessings that God has promised me, I want to see in my life or in my family in this season of my life. What kind of blessing am I asking God for or am I seeking God for? Number two, what kind of blessing do I need to experience and to see manifest in my life? There are so many blessings. The blind man cried, Lord, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And sometimes I picture the Lord before the church asking the church, what do you want from me to do for you in this season? What are you believing me for? What are you preparing for? Are you preparing for failure or are you preparing for success? 
Are you expecting the best or are you expecting the worst? The spirit of this world is negative. It runs on fear. It fuels on fear and negativity. The world is expecting the worst. But a believer in Christ Jesus should expect what? The best. Why? Because God says in His Word, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the presence or in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? Part of our preparation is to raise the level of our expectation from God. God is a good God. Amen? He's after you to bless you and not to harm you. That's what the Word says in Jeremiah. I want to give you a future, and I want to give you peace and hope. Not discouragement, not disappointment, but hope and a future. Amen? We need to ask, you need to ask yourself, where do I want to go this year? What do I desire to achieve? What are my expectations from the Lord in regard to my marriage, in regard to my children, in regards to my financial situation, in regards to my health? If you're struggling with your health, you need to be believing God. Amen? Some people think all I need to do is pray. Prayer is good, but it's not enough. Once you pray, you've got to go into action. If I want to lose weight, prayer alone is not going to help me. <laughs> I've experienced that, believe me. <laughs> I can pray until I'm blue in the face. I can pray five, seven hours a day, but nothing is going to happen until I engage in some action of preparation. Prayer and fasting helps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amen. I need to exercise. I need to watch what I eat. God is not going to do for you what He has asked you to do. If we do our part, God will do His part. Amen? So, for instance, my retirement. Some people go along life and they think, well, God is going to, God will take care of me. Yes, God will take care of you if you make the necessary preparations. And I've seen people in the old age, they start worrying about their retirement because they never made any plans for the future. They've never made any investments. They never had a retirement annuity. And they think that all of a sudden, God is going to drop something from heaven in their lap. It doesn't work that way. Hello? You need to make preparation while you're young. If you don't make preparation, I seriously doubt whether you're going to be taken care of. You're going to lean on your children, and you're going to lean on other people or the church to take care of you. And it's not right. Am I right? Uh, it's so quiet in here this morning. What am I striving towards? Am I looking to improve my marriage? If you're looking to improve your marriage, then you need to make necessary preparation. What do I mean by that? What marriage seminar do I need to attend? What kind of books do I need to read and study? Do you want to improve your financial situation? It's not just going to happen just because you prayed. 
You need to attend a seminar. You need to improve and increase your knowledge when it comes to that particular area of your life. You need to ask yourself. Don't ask someone that doesn't believe in financial prosperity. Hello? You need to know what books to study, what seminar to attend. Why? Because you need to increase and improve your knowledge. Why? Because we've learned last two weeks that the blessing of the Lord is governed and regulated by faith. And faith is governed and regulated by knowledge. See, knowledge is the key to life. So you need to be asking these questions. Once you know what you're aiming at, you've got to have some kind of a goal. You've got to have some kind of a vision in front of you. You, you can't just float through life and expect to achieve anything. Some people don't have a plan. They don't know where they're going. The most important preparation we can make is obtain knowledge. The most important preparation we always need to make is to obtain as much knowledge as possible concerning the subject or the area we believe in God for, because knowledge is the key to your success. Hello? Have you asked yourself any of these questions? Where do you want to go? What do you want to be? What are you believing God for? What do you desire? Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. First of all, you've got to know what you desire. Amen? You want to make plans. This is part of the preparation. You do your part, God will do, certainly He will do His part. Amen? Now, the good news is that our Heavenly Father has already reserved all the knowledge we need in order to succeed in every sphere of life. There's no shortage of knowledge. Amen? The Bible says there will come a day when there will be a famine, not of bread, but of hearing the word of the Lord. People today are not interested in hearing what God has to say. There's a terrible famine when it comes to hearing the word of the Lord. Now, listen to what Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Peter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given to us, past tense, how many things? All things. A-double-L. All things. They have already been given to us. All things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge. There it is again. Of Him who called us by glory and virtue. In fact, the New Testament tells us that God has hidden knowledge and wisdom for us for our glory. He didn't hide it from us, but He hid it for us. Why? So that your enemies 
cannot get hold of that knowledge and use it against you. So it's hidden somewhere. If God has given everything that pertains to life and godliness, and this, this all things come through the knowledge, knowledge is the doorway that leads us into the blessings of God to experience the greater measure of God's blessing, whatever we're looking for, whether it's physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, financial, the doorway to that is knowledge. If God has hidden it somewhere, then we need to know where it is hidden, and we also need to know how to get there. How, how else would you find it? Amen? Are you with me? This is deep. Where is it? You can't find something that is hidden unless you know where it is. And unless you know how to get there. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. The path to the knowledge of God has already been revealed to us in the book of Proverbs. That's where you're going to find it, particularly in chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. The path to the knowledge of God and to the wisdom of God is revealed to us in the book of Proverbs, chapter 2. I want you to put the whole verses there, please. Verse 1 through 6. And we're going to read from the Amplified Translation. Let's look at the, the, whole, the whole portion of this, of this revelation. My son, who's God addressing? Who is he addressing when he says, my son? My son, my daughter, he's speaking to you and I. He says, listen to what the Lord says. If you will receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to skillful and godly wisdom, and inclining and directing your heart and mind to understanding, applying all your powers to the quest for it. Yes, if you cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek wisdom... As for silver and search for skillful and godly wisdom as for hidden treasures, here is the outcome. Then you will understand the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord and find what? And find the knowledge of our omniscient God. For the Lord gives skillful and godly wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. That's the path to knowledge. It depends how desperately we want that knowledge. Now, in these six verses of Scripture, the Lord reveals to us step by step how to obtain the knowledge of God. Let's unpack these verses and these instructions that are given to us and see what God is saying to us in regard to this 
topic that we're studying. The title of my message, this message, is The Path to Knowledge. The Path to Knowledge. The first verse, put up the first verse, please. The very first verse we read in Proverbs says, Receive, if you will receive, and treasure my words, or treasure up my commandments within you. It is evident, therefore, that the first place we look for the knowledge of God is where? Where? The Word of God. The Word of the Lord. From Genesis to Revelation. And let me say this. Many receive the Word of the Lord, but only few treasure that Word. There's a difference between receiving the Word and treasuring it. I'll explain the difference. To treasure involves much more than just receiving them or hearing them. To treasure means that you revere and value His Word above all else. That's what treasure means. It means you give them first place in your life and allow His words to govern your thoughts, to govern your words, and to govern your actions. It also means that you base your life, your entire life, on them, and you live by them. Jesus said, man cannot live by bread alone, but how? But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, as I said, many receive the words of the Lord. They love to hear them. They love to read them. They agree with what the word of the Lord says, and they shout amen every time they hear it. They even get excited about the promises of God, but they do not treasure them. Because they don't obey them. To treasure means to love, to adhere to, and submit to those words. In other words, you live by the Word of God. You obey the Word. You're not just a hearer of the Word, but a doer of the Word, as James says, because if you are only a hearer, if you only receive, but you do not revere and treasure and obey those words, the Bible says you deceive yourself. Evidently, we don't need the devil to deceive us. Most of us are self-deluded. We deceive ourselves because we hear the Word, and even though we may agree with it, we don't put it into practice. Hello? Amen? Let me give you one of the greatest dangers that we are facing today. The real danger of becoming too familiar with the Word of God simply because it is within our reach all of the time, we hear it preached or we read it regularly, it is easy to assume that we know the Word intimately and are connected with the Lord Jesus the way He wants us to connect with Him. 
That is a real danger. You see, when you have something all the time within your reach, you tend to become familiar with it. You heard the expression, familiarity breeds contempt. We become too familiar with the word. Oh, we know that, Pastor. I've, you know, you've preached it before and you're preaching. I know what the Bible says. Well, the devil also knows what the Bible says. The Bible says, in fact, not only does he know what the Bible says, but he trembles. But he doesn't obey it. Amen? Now, Jesus warned us of this very danger of assumption or assuming. Listen to what he said. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. This is the Lord speaking and answering to those who will read it. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You see, they assumed that Jesus would receive them with open arms. Why? Because they prophesied in his name. Why? Because they cast out demons in his name or done these wonderful things. But in reality, they were serving themselves or their own ministry, serving God on their own terms rather than God's terms, but they were not submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. This is, this is the bottom line. Is Jesus the Lord of your life, or is He just your Savior? If he's Lord, then He makes the call. He makes the decisions about your life, where you will go how you will spend your time, how you will spend your money, where you will work, how long you will stay there. Hello? When you go on leave and when you stay home. That means he's Lord. Now these folks assumed that Jesus would receive them into the kingdom because they used his name to do those things. It's like the wife who marries a rich man and he marries him only for his money. All she cares about is the checkbook. But she doesn't love him. She's totally disrespectful to him. Hello? She's not submitted to her husband. She does her own thing. She takes off whenever she wants to. Hello? She sleeps around. But when she needs money, then she comes to him with the sweet words. Why are you so quiet? Now this wife is an unfaithful wife. She has no respect whatsoever for her husband. She gossips about her husband. Hello? She, she embarrasses him in front of other people, but all she wants is his money. That sounds ridiculous, isn't it? But this is how we treat the Lord sometimes. And so these folks assumed the greatest danger is assumption. Thinking that we know. 
Jesus said, I do not know. I never knew you, in fact, because you've never submitted to me. You did your own thing. You lived your own life. You went where you wanted to go. You spend your money the way you wanted to spend. You've never even consulted with me about anything. All you did is come to church and sing hallelujah. Hello. Now, these are some serious things that we need to consider while we live here on earth. The bottom line is, is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is the Lord Jesus the Lord of your marriage? Is the Lord Jesus the Lord of your money? Hello? Amen. Let me move on. This is the truth. This is the reality that we're facing today in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is worldwide. The truth of the matter is that many believers have lost sight of the reality, the power of the Word of God, and the deep reverence that should go with God's Word. The deep reverence, or the Bible calls it the fear of the Lord. When you have no fear of the Lord, no reverence for God, you may love God, He loves you, but you're going to live your life any way you want to. Hello. Listen to what the Lord says in Isaiah. I want you to put up this verse, please. Isaiah 66, verse 2. B, the letter part of verse 2. Isaiah 66, verse 2. B. But this is the man to whom I will look, or the woman, and have regard. This is God speaking. He who is humble and of a broken or wounded spirit and who trembles at my word and reveres my commands. This is the same word, revere and treasure. If you treasure the word of the Lord, you will revere the word of God and God himself who gave it to you and I. You see that? The person that God looks for is one who is humble of a contrite spirit and who trembles at His Word. What does it mean to tremble at God's Word? It means that you revere that Word to such an extent when you hear the Lord, you do not delay your obedience. You immediately obey what God tells you whether it's within the written Word of God or the spoken Word of God that is given to you by the Spirit or through a messenger of the Lord. Some people joke about it sometimes. I know the Lord has been speaking to me about this for weeks or for months. I haven't got to do anything about it. What does that tell me about that person? That he has no respect, no reverence for the Word of God. God's Word and God's commands are not suggestions, folks. They are commandments. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Amen? This is a commandment. It is not a suggestion. Oh, but I can't do that. I can't love that person. Yes, you can. The problem is you don't want to. The Bible says in Romans 5 that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which was given unto us. Not only does the Lord command us to love one another, but He gives us the love to love with. And love is not a feeling. Love is revealed in word and action. 
It is a decision of quality that I will walk in love regardless of whether anybody else does or not. I will forgive and hold no grudge. I will not hold any offense regardless of what is done to me. I choose to live this way, not for their benefit, for my own benefit. Amen. So this is the danger. We become too familiar with the Word of God. Let me say this. In many so-called Christian circles today, the Word of God is compromised while popular opinion and cultural preference are held in high esteem. Above the Word of God. In fact... If you stand up for the Word of God and proclaim it without apology, you are labeled as a fanatic, narrow-minded, and out of touch with reality. That's the world we live in. And even, never mind the worldly opinion, even in some Christian circles, a true disciple of the Lord will not feel comfortable because there's so much compromises in it, and we and we keep making excuses for our compromises. What does that tell you? Listen, loving the Word of God does not mean that you become a Bible puncher, like some of the people I know. They're so spiritual, they are of no earthly use whatsoever. They punch you with the Bible every time. It doesn't mean you become an unsociable person. It also doesn't mean that you're not allowed to enjoy life and have fun, as some believers think, I don't know, wrongly. I don't know where, they, where, where some folks get this idea from, but not from the Bible. Because the Bible says at God's own right hand, there are incredible pleasures and fullness of joy. If you are a true disciple of the Lord, you will be filled with joy and gladness. You will have fun. In fact, you will experience life to the full. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and even more abundantly. You will live the adventures of your life if you are a true disciple of the Lord. You will go to places both in the spirit and in the natural you never dreamed you could go. Amen. You will experience things that, that not even your imagination has fathomed. Because God loves to bestow these pleasures on those who delight in Him. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. Not in your abilities. Not in your, in your financial strength. Not in who you are, but in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Take joy in the Lord. Live in the Lord's presence. And then he says, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. Not just your wants. Not just your needs, rather, but your desires. Hello? Do you believe that God can do that? Amen. I, I share that from experience. I have never dreamt in the beginning of my walk with God, I would go to places, I would do things that I have done. But the Lord has enabled me to do that simply because all of my days since I've come to the Lord, I have never considered the opinion of anyone else above the word of the Lord. 
Not my wives, not my children, not anyone, not my father-in-law, not anyone. I've always sought to walk in the center of the will of God for my life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these things that the world strives for, steals, cheats, lies, I will give them to you. Give them to you without your sweat. One of the, one of the things that my brother is, is gone home now. It was before he got born again. He says, I don't understand this. I work 16 to 17 hours every single day for years. And I look at you. You've never really sweated in your life. You've never really worked hard like I have. All these years. And I look at where you are and I look at where I am and I just can't figure that out. I said, it's simple. Just love the Lord and do His will. I'm not advocating that you should not work hard. Yes. But it's not your hard work. It is the favor of God on your life because you delight yourself in the Lord. Amen. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life. And in your presence there is, how much? Fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Let me ask you this. Who is at the right hand of God? Jesus. Who is the Lord Jesus? The Word of the Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was? Jesus is the living Word of God. Amen. At His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And in His presence, there is fullness of joy. Loving the Word of God and giving it first place in our life simply means that we have our priorities in order. That's what God is after. Your priorities. Have them in order. If you have your priorities in order, and you give the Word of the Lord first place in your life, you keep listening to the Word, you keep meditating the Word, you keep practicing the Word, you endeavor to stay in the center of the will of God, as far as you know, God will give you as much light as you need at that point in time in your life. Walk in the light that you have. Amen? Walk in the light that you have. God is not going to give you any more unless you faithfully walk in the light that you already have. Amen? So giving at first place means that you put your priorities in order. When your pursuits and your priorities are in order, our lives will be blessed and everything else will be taken care of according to Matthew 6.33. Put that up, please, once again. Let's read it again. Seek ye first. What are we seeking? What are you seeking? What is your priority? Pleasure? Career? Money? What? Or the Lord? Seek ye first. Not second, not third. The kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Amen? 
Now, the first step in recovering our respect, our reverence for His Word, is to acknowledge and confess our familiarity, our compromises, as well as our assumptions. Now, this is part of the preparation. We're talking about making room for God. Amen. We're talking about enlarging our tents, stretching the curtains of our habitations. Amen. The first thing we've got to do is enlarge our hearts and our minds. And how do we do that? By acknowledging. By genuinely repenting of our lack of reverence and our lack of obedience to the commandments of the Lord. Amen. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You see, when you love, it's easy to obey. The problem is when the heart grows cold, it's not that easy to obey. It's very hard, very difficult. Amen? It, this is, listen, this is a heart issue. When the heart is not in the right place, nothing is in, it, in its proper place. When the heart grows cold towards the Lord, when you no longer desire Him, when you no longer desire to spend quality time with Him, when you no longer love Him as you first loved Him when you came to Him, then everything else around us begins to deteriorate. Our marriage relationship deteriorates. Our relationship with our children deteriorates. Our relationship with our brethren deteriorates. Why? Because the root cause is our relationship with God has deteriorated. And we need to come back to our first love. Amen? Nothing is too difficult or too hard to do for someone you love. Am I right? You know what I'm talking about? Amen. Let's move on. Now, this is a necessary step of preparation. Our repentance in this area will open up our hearts to greater understanding and greater revelation, knowledge from the Lord. So we come to a, a decision today. Ask yourself, do I revere the Word of God and treasure it? What has God been speaking to me in the last while? Have I been rude to my wife? Have I been rude to my husband? What has the Lord been showing me in the last few weeks or months? Amen? What, what does my spirit deep down tells me? Is he prompting me and guiding me in a certain area? And I'm kicking? Or maybe you haven't taken the time to listen to your heart. You know your heart will know things that your head does not. When I speak about the heart, I'm not speaking about the physical pump that pumps blood in our bodies. I'm talking about the spirit, your spirit, because the Holy Spirit dwells, lives. He doesn't go and come back. Amen? He's always there, present. God is always speaking. He lives in our spirits. The problem is we, we're too busy or noisy to hear what He's saying. What's He saying to you? 
Where is he taking you? What does he expect from you? All of these things, you're the only one that can give an answer to. Amen? The Bible says, be still and know. Once you're still, you will get to know. Don't be impatient. Don't jump into things. Don't make decisions assuming. Or just because something is a good idea, or it sounds good, or it looks good, don't jump into it. Wait on God. Hello? The Bible says, He that believeth shall not make haste. When you believe God, you don't get in a hurry. So many decisions have been made in a hurry. And 99% of those decisions that have been made in a hurry, they were the wrong decisions. And some of them has cost us dearly. Amen? Don't make decisions independently of the Lord. I'm talking about decisions that will affect your future, your children, your life. You personally. Amen? Hallelujah. I would, the Lord, one, one time when and He was bringing these major changes in our lives. Remember, I was a businessman. I was not a preacher. I was not always a pastor. God called me while in business, and I served Him while in business. And I would seek the Lord sometimes for hours because I didn't know how God wanted me to run that business. One of the things that I was really struggling with, and I'll give you an example. Often we would, we would catch someone stealing from our premises. <laughs> and what I would do as a Christian, the first couple of times I would just say, give him grace, give him mercy, let him go. He went, yeah, I, boss, I will not do it again. I'm so sorry. I will not do it again. Okay, let him go. And I, I started praying about this, and the Lord said to me, you're not doing the right thing. You're not doing the right thing. This is what you should do. I said, Lord, what do I do? He said, what do you think the police are there for? How do you know that that person has not a criminal record? So when you catch him stealing, call the police and hand them over to the police and let the police deal with him. Hello? Do you think that's cruel? No. There were times when God was bringing these major changes. We were to move from one country into the next. And the Lord began to prepare my heart and speak to me. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to fast as often as you can every week and pray in the Spirit much. Not only do I need it to make preparations for the sale of our possessions, but I also need it to prepare my heart, to prepare my wife, and to prepare my children for this major move. If I hadn't done what God has specifically told me to do, I would have missed it. How did I know when to move out? No man told me and said, hey, hey, this is, no angel came to tell me this is the time you need to sell and go. But you know what? After we made the decision and we sold our business and our house and we received our money, a month after that, or six weeks, the Zim dollar was devalued by 50%. We would have lost 
of our, of our money, of the sale. Timing is everything. People today buy and sell without consulting the Lord. And I'm talking about believing Christians. I'm talking about so-called disciples of the Lord. Some of them sell at the wrong time. Some of them buy at the wrong time. Hello. God is interested in everything in your life, folks. And I knew that I knew. How did I know? By revelation. By revelation, I knew exactly when to move. Because I took the time to prepare. From my experience in pastoring all these years, and this is no condemnation to any one of you, none of you are here today anyway, the people I'm talking about. They're lazy. Christians are lazy today. They don't have time for God or for His Word or for prayer. Then they run into trouble and they, Lord, no, God doesn't have a magic wand. He can give you a miracle. Yes, and get you out of it. But wouldn't it have been better if we were seeking the Lord all the time before we fell into the ditch? Are you getting where I'm coming from? So we need to take stock. Ask yourself, where am I going? What do I desire from the Lord? What is my passion? What has God whispered to my heart? And when you know, study the subject and get wisdom and knowledge. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. A word of preparation. A word of encouragement. A word of self-examination, Lord. And pray that you inspire us to ask the right questions. And once we ask the right questions, to be honest with ourselves and with our loved ones. I know, Lord, that it takes courage to face the truth. I pray that you give us that courage today to face the truth and allow the truth to confront us and when truth confronts us, allow ourselves to be changed by the truth that is revealed to us in Jesus' name. Give us your wisdom and the knowledge that it takes to prepare adequately in order to receive what you have already prepared for us. As a church, as a ministry, as individuals, as households. Lord, I desire to see every single one of our members to prosper, to be joyful, to be, to be an overcomer in every sphere of life, to be a blessing in our sphere of influence, and to extend together and establish the influence of your kingdom, not just in our city, but beyond the borders of this city. We ask this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.